What's happening, everybody? I'm Nolan Tuck. Stacy Glover. And you are listening to Cinema Parlor. Stacy, how you doing? I'm great. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Uh, everybody, uh, welcome to a special Friday the 13th episode here That's in right. December. So on today's episode, we have uh, a guest with us. It is the great Melanie, who is our producer and our editor. Welcome, Melanie. How are you? Very well. Thank you, guys. Thanks you for joining us today. Yeah, we have two more guests. Uh, for those who have listened to previous episodes, uh, you are uh, you have known the two dogs, Peanut and Goblin, and uh, these two have joined us today as well. So Hopefully they don't have much input. It's a real group chat tonight. They, so They probably will. Me and this one are sick, and that one's disgusting. Well... You know, these things happen. I'm sorry you're feeling bad. It's okay. But I appreciate, you know, that you are pulling through and joining us on this episode tonight mm-hmm. to talk some Friday the 13th. Absolutely. So, what's everybody drinking tonight? I'm drinking what you guys are drinking. What are we drinking? Okay. I think it tastes pretty darn good, if I do say so myself. Agreed. I'm calling it the Pamela Voorhees Sweater. I love so that Mrs. Name. Voorhees sweater. That's what you can call it. So what it what is. What all's in this drink? Yeah, so it's about a shot and a half of spiced rum, a little bit of rose water, a splash of lavender syrup. Mm-hmm. Shake that all up and then top it off directly with um, over your ice with ginger soda. It's really ginger tasty. beer, ginger soda, whatever you prefer. I enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah, I, I like it. It's a nice, warm yeah. drink that'll keep you... Thank you for this delicious toasty. delicious drink on this coldest of December nights. Here we go. All right. Uh, well, what have you guys been up to? Stacy? what's new in your world over here, man? I've been in preparation for the uh, the new Star Wars. I'm watching the Star Wars movies on Disney Plus because they have the, uh, the 4K UHD uh, ones that you can stream. So I, I've just made it through Attack of the Clones... So I'm getting to Revenge of the Sith. I, I'm watching them chronologically. You know, I start off on a low point and, you know, just kind of goes up. Okay. So, okay. yeah, that's that's the plan there. So I'm going to peak in the middle and then kind of have my come down. You're just, you're ready for it all. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I'm also, uh, I, I haven't watched a movie in a while, but I've been doing, uh, you know, the Scorsese run. Um well, yeah, Raging Bull. I haven't seen a lot of his 80s work, which I, I think we talked about this last time. And then, uh, you know, I'm sure I got some Christmas movies in my future. Been playing some video games, uh, particularly Control uh, from Remedy. I'm really excited I'm, about that game. It, it's a very good game. It's It ties all their other games into it. Uh, it's interesting and quirky. It's, uh, it's kind of like an X-Files with uh, Deadly Premonition, you know, that game. Minus the jankiness. Okay, okay. So, it, it's a lot of fun. How about yourself? What have you been up to? All right. I watched Three from Hell, which I believe you guys did as well. Oh. I, I just want to know everybody's opinion here real quick. Um, um, I dislike it a lot. Yeah, let's hear about it. I feel that his last two movies have been pretty abysmal. I don't like this movie because it doesn't look like any of his other films. Like, it looks like a direct-to-video I know that there's a lot of, like, direct-to-like streaming and stuff, you know, stuff that looks good, but I don't know about the film stock. It looks like a student film. Like, it just has, like, a weird look to it, 
I also hated the editing. The editing is bad. The editing's very bad. Like, it's all over the place. What is that? That the zoom in, still frame, and then slide over. Mm -hmm. What is that? He does it so many times. Whoever the editor is for that, and I think I looked it up afterwards. I I just can't remember. I think it it was like a... Trying to be like an homage to like 70s pulp, but... Poorly done. Poorly executed. I thought it was poorly done. I, I also thought that like... I don't know, the content and stuff. Like, the violence I did not like because it had, like, that digital look to it. Like, nothing looked real. All the gunshots look really... It looks like a student film. Like, there's no other way... Yeah, it looks like digital blood all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm fine with nudity and violence and stuff, but Mm -hmm. the nudity in this film was kind of off-putting to me. Like, he... I don't know what it was for because, like, story-wise, it didn't make sense. Like, it didn't add anything to the story. And it, it wasn't it's not too like tantalizing. Yeah, it's not titillating at all. You know, like they're not shooting these girls in like flattering um, light. It it almost feels like after his Halloween remake, getting away with like just having a vagina on the screen and nobody saying anything about it. It's just popping vaginas. Okay, but the vagina in Halloween did not bother me. The vaginas in Three from Hell bothered me and I am not bothered by nudity at all. <laughs> I hated it. Like mm-hmm. the shot of it's Bill Mosley as Otis yeah. in the bed and like he has the two girls with him and it's like he's filming them like almost from like a slanted bird's eye view and it's like right at their crotches. I hated it. The girl in the broad daylight who's like running out and it's just yeah. like n- one like, broad daylight's not kind to anybody, and it's not that he... I don't know. I just don't know what it was for. I hated it. Yeah. I agree. I And, like, the story served no purpose. Like, there wasn't really a story. It's, like, two parts. The first part, like, them in jail and getting out of jail. Right. And then the he second part, the Mexico video. stuff. I don't know. It just feels like, after Devil's Reject... Rejects, which I really enjoyed. Lords of Salem, Lords of Salem awesome is an amazing film. But, like, for these characters, it feels really reductive. Like, it does. I feel like House of a Thousand Corpses was, like, him kind of getting a feel for, like, his style, how these characters, he wants to portray them. And, obviously, their characterizations change in Devil's Rejects. But then it's odd because, like, Devil's Rejects, I most people like that movie, right? Sure. Like, it's well-received for mm-hmm. his type of stuff. I, I, I know there's people that don't like him. Sure. But, you know, people like that movie. And I thought the character work in that movie is really good. And it feels like they changed the characters again for this film. Yeah. So, I don't... We've just been talking back and forth. What did you think of the movie? Did you love it? No, I did not. Well, did I, I mean, just take a big old shit on this film that you love and hold on a, a pencil stool? No, uh, I, I didn't like this movie either. Um, I, I don't. I didn't hate it quite as bad as you guys, but I wouldn't say I liked it by any means. Like, my biggest issue with the film is the first half of the film, which I think is complete utter shit. It's nonsense. Um, I don't understand what Sherry Moon, Moon Zombie is doing in the first half of the film with her acting. She has not aged. No, she, she looks, looks great. So amazing. She looks very good. And like Absolutely. I actually do think she's a really good actress. I do too. It's, it's not I think yeah. the characterization, the changing up baby yeah. from the second one. Right. I know that he's like trying to make her seem crazy, but I just and I'm not saying it's her fault, her acting. You mm-hmm. said you didn't know what you, she was doing yeah. with her acting. I don't think she's doing a bad job. I think that's a director's choice. I yeah, I just don't I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and, and I do th- I, I I think she's a great actress too. Like Again, in Lords of Salem, I 
think she is unbelievably good. Like in, in the so Halloween good. films, Halloween like, films, she's very good. Yes. Even the trashy like hillbilly parts, she's still good. Yeah. I still and like I, her. I quite enjoy her in House of a Thousand Corpses mm-hmm. and Devil Rejects as well. Yeah. So that kind of bummed me out. The second half of the film was not as bad. She goes past that overacting, in my opinion, in the first half to doing something different in the second. It still doesn't work for me, but I, I found I at least found the second half of the film on some level watchable. I mm-hmm. again, I don't think it's great, but at least they I got a little bit more fun. Yeah, I mean when when they go to just spoilers, not really spoiler, but whatever they go to Mexico in the second half of the film, and it's at least like. Something that I can watch. It just wasn't a great movie, but like the thing about it that's weird to me is is I know that Rob Zombie is an intelligent filmmaker. I've mm-hmm. seen it before, so part of me wonders sometimes what he's doing on a formal level. As as I tried to watch it, it's weird because I, he's an intelligent person, but I don't know what he's doing yeah, right I, now, and I I don't know what has changed. I understand he doesn't have as much money anymore. That shouldn't change the way you are as a filmmaker. That you can still like in as far as like intellectually pe- right people supporting him for his films. Yeah, like sure, mm-hmm. yeah, the budget he has right. My, it just it bums me out. I guess more than anything. I really but. wish that he had had someone to like bounce ideas off of, and I wish he had a team that he could go right. back to each time. Whoever did Lords of Salem, sure. yeah. excellent. I would have been fine with that. I think the thing also that that I think is disappointing is it, it makes this so called sequel just pointless. Mm-hmm. Like there was it no point it. to go back to yeah. these characters, and if you're gonna end it like this, or especially with what they do you know, to. Spalding said, yeah. said, "Hey, I mean, yeah. That, well, I mean, he's right. He was sick during, you know, not understandable, but like, at you know, anyway, that was my other. It doesn't seem like he was meant to play a big part in it, anyways. No, though. It, no, it seemed like he he liked Richard Brake and he was going to bring From, him in, which I love Richard Brake. No, but I feel like he is very good. I, I wanted to say, <laughs> yeah, that he and and uh, Bill Mosley, I, I enjoy them as I, I think too. they're great actors. I feel like they changed. and I enjoyed them on screen. They totally changed so. character. Bill well, Mosley's character is different. He's his character definitely changed. I, I'd be lying if I still didn't say I enjoyed seeing them on screen. Yeah. But he is, his character definitely is not the same. The weird thing, in a movie that is a sequel to Devil's Rejects, the person that I enjoyed seeing the most on screen was Richard Brake. Richard, Richard Brake's character, yeah. who was not in... It's right. like randomly they just have another sure. sibling, which well, I know... Yeah. It's and like, I think that's stupid. I now, do too. This is what I heard, and I can't actually heard it from Rob Zombie, but someone who watched the documentary of the movie, I was... I was listening to a podcast the other day and they said that Sid Haig was supposed to be in the whole thing uh-huh. but as they started filming that's when he got really sick and so that's why he's only in the first mm-hmm. minute basically the film now I might be wrong on that that's because I haven't watched the no, documentary that's probably true but that's what I heard anyway mm-hmm. and so he was he was technically supposed to be in the whole thing but he got sick couldn't be they moved to Richard Brake yeah I and I like Richard Brake like Mandy that movie's awesome 31, bad movie. He's the best part of it. He is the best part in that. He's the only good part in that. Mm. Well, in Meg Foster's eyes. But, sorry we went so long on this movie. I just, we didn't... <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to change the title of this right, yeah. to uh, Jason and uh, yeah. we the all, gang takes on we didn't, uh, uh, Three From Hell. We didn't get to watch it together, so I just kind of wanted to <laughs> see your guys' opinions overall, which it seems none of us liked it, you know, much, I'm, but... I might say worst movie of the year. Oh, I don't know if it's worse. What have you here. seen from 2019 that's worse? <laughs> You're putting me on the spot, but I don't. I don't know that it's the worst. I did not. You know, honestly, it's like I. 
I wanted it to be good. Every Rob Zombie film that I watch, I want to be good. I, well, I sure. Like, I like him so much. I love interviews with him. I think he's such an interesting person. Mm. He loves the horror genre so much. I want and, everything he does to be good. Yeah, but and I... I really yeah, he's somebody do. I root for. Yeah, and, like, I've seen him at... In concert Man, these live. last two movies... Ugh. I know. Yeah. But it's, like... Yeah, it's, it's just rough. But, yeah. you know, I wasn't... I can't say that I was, like, bored watching it. Sure. Like, I had a very different action than I did from 31, so. I, I would agree with that. That's... So, I, I, I overall enjoyed myself more than 31. I Again, did. not saying it's a better movie, or it's a good movie, but I at least enjoyed myself more. Yeah, I thought it was better than 31. It's better than 31. We, we can definitely all agree on that. So, <laughs> so what else have you been doing? Yeah, about? sorry, that took so long. <laughs> <laughs> um, one other thing uh, I'll mention real quick is I got to see uh, a movie called Atlantics. This is by Maddie Diop. This is her uh, debut film. Um, I won't talk a lot about it because I know you guys haven't seen it. It's newer, so uh, I will just say I greatly enjoyed this movie. It's on Netflix right now, and I would highly recommend anyone seeking so, it out. It's making a lot of critics' top ten list. Indeed, yeah. So that's pretty cool. I would I would like to see yeah. it. Uh, you guys should. Uh, anybody out there should seek this movie out. I would. Uh, I highly recommend it. So anyway, um, I've talked enough, Melanie. What have you been <laughs> up to? Honestly, I've just had bronchitis for like a week yeah i'm you know i'm sorry <laughs> you've uh, gone through that i haven't okay. seen you for like five days and i <laughs> saw you yesterday and you're like i am dying yeah everything hurts very sorry <laughs> no it's okay um i'm i'm finally on the up uptick i think but i've been so because of that i you know it's been a long time since i've just like been a true couch potato like mm-hmm. haven't gone to the gym haven't and just sat on the couch and played a game so I think Monday night I started Persona 5. Okay. And this week alone, I think I'm like at 15 hours, which is kind of disgusting. You're enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. It's so good. It looks like a fun game. Yeah. It looks like one I should try sometime. Stylish music. It's uh, it's really, really good. And I will say, you don't have to play the previous installments to enjoy it. It's fantastic. Um, uh, I'm playing it on PS3. They have it on PS4 as well. Uh, can you get it on... It's just PS3 and PS4. So it's PlayStation exclusive. You can get it through the PlayStation Right now, I don't know if it's coming to other systems, but they're um, re-releasing it next year. You know how um, with all their games, they do like a special edition? So 3 was like the FES. 4 was Golden, which was a PS Vita exclusive. Mm -hmm. And now they're doing the Royal Edition for 5. I think so each of the Personas I played... That's coming out on PS4 for sure. The Royal Edition, what's that consist of? I think they add extra content. Like with well, all of them, they add like what, like another month, and so then which e- new characters. Yeah, with each of the personas, I've I think I've actually because I didn't play them when they came out. I played the like extra editions, so I played like Persona F whatever for Persona Three, and then I played Persona Golden for Persona. <coughs> sorry, Persona Four. Um, so this is the first one that I've played just like as soon as it released. But yeah, typically what you get is you get a little bit more time in the world because they're all on a time schedule for what you're trying to do. And usually you'll get an you'll get extra stuff with like your companions because the game's okay. all about building these bonds. But anyways, so yeah, I've been playing that and I will say definitely like I love the other games. It's the best persona game that I've played though. Very it's nice. so good, it's so much fun. So yeah, just been flaking out. Doing so, all right. so fifteen hours in, you're like what a sixth or a seventh of the way through the game? No, I, yeah, it's 
they're <laughs> they're like a hundred hours. Games. Yeah, they're they're, so they're as long as uh, like the Bethesda well, no, RPGs. The thing is, I'm fifteen nice. hours in. I'm still in the first dungeon. Okay, I'm trying to take down a pedophile. I need to. That I I've never played any of them. I I think it might be a good one for me to start sometime. Yeah, I would have, definitely start with a fifth. You don't okay. need to do the. Fifth have you played any Japanese RPGs? No, I have not. So like much. you've never played Final, Final Fantasy? Fantasy. Never have. You you never did. Um, I played Dark Souls. Ah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a Japanese, like, action RPG that's inspired yeah, by I, Western fantasy. That's not, that's not a true yeah, like, I, JRPG. Yeah, I've never you need, played any You need JRPG. teenagers no. with drama. You need... Hey, I love teenagers with drama. You need so summons good. where they summon gods or personas or right. demons yeah. or something. I mean, you guys both know me well. You know I love some teenage drama. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe Final Fantasy mm-hmm. VIII is the game well, for you. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm in. Final yeah. Fantasy VIII and Persona no. Five. Nolan's top hits for twenty twenty. Get, get, get me started. No, he needs to play Persona Five. That's we'll do that first. Okay. Nice. We'll get you hooked on Triple Triad in Final Fantasy VIII. I don't know what that means, but all right. Oh, you'll you will, and you'll get hooked. <laughs> it, it's a so that's a wonderful game. All right. And I think they've re-released it on PS4, so you can play it with with cheats enabled, so you can just blaze through the game and experience. Hey, that's what I like right there. It is Japanese. Like 90210 mixed with weird fantasy shit. You know what? I can no longer get grumpy at you guys for having 20 minute intros because I'm now a part of one that's been a good solid 20 minutes. I, I, <laughs> we probably spent 20 minutes we on have, from hell. In I fact, am really <laughs> sorry about that. Before that's we funny. start talking about Friday the 13th, I'm going to have to have a potty break. Oh man, already? Yeah. Right. I chugged that last drink. Well, with that, I'll uh, take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. All right, cool. And uh, while we were uh, absent here, Melanie, you made me a new drinks. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing. It's mi- it's Mrs. Voorhees sweater. I, yeah, I, I mean, my bring bladder. I'm I'm a little tipsy right now. I'm feeling good. Yeah. This is my third drink now the evening. Are you gonna be able to read the synopsis for? Um, I'm gonna Friday try my best. Thirteen <laughs> So you know, everybody out there, we're gonna have a probably a fun time here in this uh, <laughs> second part of the episode. So so yeah, let's. Uh, second part of the episode. Let's get into it. First part of the episode. <laughs> Let, let's get into <laughs> it. Let's, so let's do our thing here. Uh, yes, go ahead. So, 1978, Halloween comes out, massive hit. Within two years. Everybody is trying to jump on that slasher train. It's mostly independent films. You get a lot of Canadian films coming out, 1980, 1981. Paramount jumps on and does their own slasher film, which is very much stylized after um, Mario Bava's Bay of Blood. Um, So they come out in 1980 with Friday the 13th. First movie, which I think that everybody in this room is not terribly fond of. It's a very unremarkable movie. It's right the one that, that I yeah. watch the least. I'm, that, all, I'm all right not seeing it again. I mean, I'm sure I'll see it again in life, but I'm yeah. all right if I didn't. But that <laughs> introduced the world to uh, Jason Voorhees as a child in the dream sequence. Uh, it's you, probably the most notable thing in the film, uh, Tom Savini's wonderful makeup work. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, there's really not that much the film has going for it. Uh, the music, of course, which becomes iconic. Um <laughs> That's right. Kill, kill, kill him, mommy. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, and then after that, you know, the the success of that, which I believe even to this day, while the box office isn't as big as, you know, the recent entries, um, as far as inflation and tickets sold, the first movie is the most uh, seen movie. 
in the franchise. So they come out with Friday the 13th Part 2. And that kind of kicks off this the concept of this episode, which is Jason's Bad Weekend, because mm. 2, 3, and 4 are chronologically all within a five-day span. Yeah, yeah. And with that, there's so many weird fuck-ups in the storytelling, <laughs> but we'll get to that. So just a quick thing on Friday 2, you have the, the best final girl in the series, Ginny, played by Amy Steele, uh, takes on Hillbilly Jason, who wears a sack mask from the town that dreaded sundown. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have more Bay of Blood style kills, um, this... some of which are lifted directly from that movie. Yeah, it's insane how many influences these movies take from others in yeah. the beginning here in the first. first but, movie. You're saying influence, but like it's just like nabbing. Yeah, <laughs> just straight up. Spoiling. But yeah. number two yeah. does have one of the best kills in the series, which is the wheelchair, wheelchair hero kill. Yeah, machete to the face. That's one I'll never style. forget. Yeah, that's a good one. I know. You and me, we're on the same boat with that. I like that one. Um, so I'm that, on that boat, too. I love that kill. You, Why'd you leave her out like that? Because yeah. I it's, know it's what it's your not, favorite kill is. It's not my favorite kill. You guys didn't say it's your favorite kill. He said he would never forget the kill. That's true. It is not my favorite it's, kill of the It's series. at least a top three kill. I'm in the boat, though. That's so rude. <laughs> just throw her out to the side. Let her oh, drown out there. I would never. Oh, my gosh. You I'm just like, dumb. is it Samantha in part four where mm. she's in the raft and I'm Count getting it. stabbed and I have to she's I did write all the character names and the ways they die, but we'll get to that. <laughs> Listen, let that? me finish my talk about two. Look at that. <laughs> Amount of work right there. Go ahead. Yeah. So I've got a, I mean, I've got a whole quiz for you guys. Am I the only one that didn't bring notes? I guess so. I'm just rolling with it. <laughs> I mean, we see these movies enough. Yeah, we're good. We can freestyle. So number two ends, you get Hillbilly Jason, you know, facing Ginny, which this is how three begins. So you have five minutes of the end of two at the beginning of three. And I believe theatrically when three was released... Uh, the movie starts saying that this part of the movie will not be in 3D, and then it tells you when to put your 3D glasses, which is when it does that the cut correct. to yeah. Pamela Voorhees' face, Eyes. and it shoots out the titles. That's when you're supposed which to put your 3D some glasses of the best on. Title sequences ever. So yes, good. it's so good. So part two, big success. Then they decide to make three. They originally intended for it to be a trilogy, and three was going to be where they were going to kill and end Jason. So let's start talking about number three. Okay, real quick. Yes. I'm going to give us a synopsis here in a second, but mm-hmm. I just want to say we did not get to watch this in 3D. We did not have the blue and red glasses with us. We didn't have the technology. Here's what I want to say, okay? A few years ago, when they released these on, like, a newer edition DVD, they came with the red and blue glasses. Uh Uh-huh. We all sold those editions, I think. Yes, we don't have those editions. The Blu-ray has both editions. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the thing, though. On the Blu-ray, we didn't get the glasses with it. Well, I don't know if it's, like, the, the Blu-ray 3D thing where you have to have your, like, 3D TV, or if it's old-school 3D. With the blue and red. Well, either way, we didn't watch it in 3D. Rest in peace, those 3D glasses. They were the shit. Well, you love Does that. Does it just make you think of Firefall? Yeah. And, like, having those glasses <laughs> that, that manipulate light, and yeah. you're just sitting there as a little kid. Like, I really wanted those glasses <laughs> when we were watching it the other day. Hey, hey, hey. What movies have you seen in 3D, like, with those style of glasses? I don't know. It's been a long time. Like, have you seen any movie like that with the blue and red? I mean, back in the the day when I was younger. Okay. So, you know what I remember with these glasses? (laughs) So, this this would be, like, the early, early 90s or late 80s. 
um, Fox, when that station came around, I think it was Fox, they were playing uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon for Halloween on in 3D. But you had to go to a gas station to get your 3D glasses. Mm-hmm. Does this sound familiar to you? Do you yeah. know anything about this? No, but I believe you. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not lying about <laughs> I wasn't it. alive. You wouldn't have been alive. Um, so I remember that because we did that. And I, I'm pretty sure... That Halloween's also like I I would have been like six maybe. You're talking to a boy who would have none who would have no clue at all. Well, we went to the gas station, yeah. got the glasses, and watched Creature, and then I believe they played Gremlins okay. on TV. Okay. You know that the Tuck household would have never Nolan's, Nolan's household true. never. I would have not. I I wouldn't have been allowed to watch Friday the Thirteenth. Well, talk sure. about Creature. Well, okay, creature well, Creature either or Gremlins. Look, right? they're all monsters. I actually I take that I I think we I remember watching a Gremlins movie on TV when I was younger. Did your mom know about it? Probably not. Okay, so it was you and it was you and Dad. Probably. I mean, it's a yeah. PG movie. All right. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, listen. I'm so, whatever. Give me. I'm gonna lay some stats down. Then you're gonna read us a synopsis. All right. Uh, Friday the 13th, Part 3 in 3D, released in 1982, what many movie geeks consider one of the great pop culture years for movies, mm-hmm. uh, is directed by Steve Miner. Hardly newer. Who, who directed Part 2. He also went on to direct House, Warlock, Halloween H2O, and Lake Placid. Oh, and man. many TV films. Yes. Interesting uh, career. Right many there. many TV episodes, including uh, Dawson's Creek and uh, Supernatural. Hey, I stand by House. That's a good movie right there. That's a good movie. Um, this movie was budgeted at around $2 million, and they actually doubled the budget to put the movie out in 3D. Uh, so this was the first time they were using those 3D cameras. This is the first studio film to come out in 3D in the 80s. It was um, the first one since, like, 1954. Yeah. Um, what I saw, uh, I think, late 50s. Um, it, it was, like, Paramount's first 3D film since, like, uh, like what, 1956, 57, oh, sometime wow. in there. Um, well, 3D was a thing that came around in the 50s. You know, you had the Creature movies. And uh, House of Wax was a big one mm-hmm. right, that came out with Vincent Price. And then Great film. it, it kind of went away. Um, I think it was saw, seen more as like, uh, you know, the William Castle type gimmicks. Um, Want to hear a hot take real quick? Yeah. The remake of House of Wax, I like. Which one? It's been remade three times. Oh, the no, one no. With Paris Hilton. Yeah. Oh. oh, I also own that, and I don't think it's bad. All right. So I, I've know, never seen it. I No, I actually like it. Do you... Okay. I like the remake Total. with Vincent Price, though. No, it's... I am aware. It's so good. <laughs> but the funny thing about that, the marketing for that film, I don't know if you remember this, for the um, most recent remake, they said, see Paris Hilton die. Like, you get oh, to... You, like, right, that was right. part of the marketing. You get to see nice. her die. <laughs> so, like, from the get-go, they are like, yeah. Hell of a job. Watch this. Like, heiress bitch, get it. Mm-hmm. Check this and out. And people loved it. Count it. It's not a bad film, though. Sorry. I'll enjoy it, too. Sorry, sorry to do no, that. No, you're fine. <laughs> so, the budget ballooned up to $4 million, um, because... 3D films were only screened in select cities at the time, 
and this was to be a wide release, so over a thousand screens when it came out. So they equipped, I believe it was over 800 theaters with the equipment to screen these this 3D movie. Um, so I believe the only markets that it did not screen in 3D were more rural rural markets, like our and, area, yeah, like our area, and uh, drive-throughs because this would have been a big drive-through movie. Okay, you know when it came out, obviously. So it was budgeted by between marketing and 3D, um, a little over four million. It made 37 million at the box office. Uh, it was the first film to debut number one after E.T. came out. So it was the movie that unseated E.T. for the number one spot at the box office. Mm-hmm. Also, it is the second highest grossing horror film of 1982 after Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Now think about 1982, the films that came out. You have John Carpenter's The Thing. If you're just looking at the summer, it's insane. Yeah, like just so many horror films... And this was the second highest grossing horror film. Like, this franchise was full steam ahead. People and wanted them some Friday 13th. I mean, and I feel like this is the movie, uh, part three, that gets referenced a lot. Um, and it's probably, it's probably got a lot to do with that summer of 82 nostalgia that people have. But Fairly so. It, it does have a stellar um, movie poster. It's mm-hmm. the one with Jason stabbing through the shower curtain with the machete. And uh, the VHS box art, which I believe is the exact same, mm-hmm. um, but then you have like the picture of the girl on the back in the shower yeah. um, and one right. of the action scenes, and you know I, that's a pretty memorable VHS cover. Yeah, and plus this is the the first Friday the Thirteenth movie where he actually gets his mask. Right, that he becomes iconic for. Mm-hmm. So. Nolan, you want to give us a synopsis right. for this part story? Three. We ready for 3D. this? Friday the 13th, part 3 in 3D. A new dimension in terror. <laughs> An idyllic summer turns into a nightmare of unspeakable terror for yet another group of naive counselors. Ignoring Camp Crystal Lake's bloody legacy, one by one, they fall victim to the maniacal Jason who stalks them at every turn. Maniacal. I, I'm a little drunk right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real F up by me. Do you want to read it again? Let me try again. One, two, three, four. A new dimension in terror. An idyllic summer turns into the nightmare of an unspeakable terror for yet another group of naive counselors. Ignoring Camp Crystal Lake's bloody legacy, one by one, they fall victim to the my... <laughs> maniacal <laughs> Jason who stalks them every turn. <laughs> This is great. Let's leave it in. Okay, so that that synopsis is actually wrong. They're not camp counselors. Thanks to Letterboxd. Yeah, Letterboxd, you kind of you kind of shit the bed on that you one. You know, Melanie, your drinks really got me this I'm time, sorry. and I love it. It's part me being a dumbass, part me being just out of my head right now. That's okay, Melanie. What do you like about this movie? Okay, you you probably like this entry more than me, either, Nolan. Either of you. Okay, I. There's a lot that I love about it. There, There is some aspects that I don't love. I love the biker gang. Like, I, I'm all... I know you don't like it, but I like it. Like, I'm... Fox, Loco, and Ali. Yes. I'm all in. One, I kind of like them. I just think it's fun. Like, I, it's like a fun, like, new addition to this. Like, I like that it's not just a bunch of kids. Like, all of a sudden, like, there's this ruckus... I love that Shelly goes out and he makes bikers mad and they have to come in and like mess with them. They're a little spice. And they're really not doing anything that bad. They're siphoning their gas. Like they're like, like he ran over their bikes. No, I know. They're siphoning the gas to burn the barn down. I know, but like it's not their barn. It's not their barn. 
No, but it's somebody's barn. I know, but it's just, like, it doesn't affect them. Like, they're just being assholes to whoever owns the property. I'm just saying, like, they're dunders, and I enjoy it. And I just like it all. Anyways, and <laughs> Chick who plays Foxy still looks... Gloria really, Charles. Yeah. She looks she's amazing. Badass. She does. I mean, like, she's hot stuff. I rewatched right the second, third, and fourth um, parts of the Crystal Lake Memories documentary, for this podcast. Shout out. Yeah. I think it's on Shudder for it those is. of you. It is that on Shudder. Yeah. If you have any interest in the series, it's like fantastic. you should check it out. It's, it, in, it, and it's based off of the book they wrote. Yeah. Even installments that you think that you would not be interested in hearing about. It's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's so worth it. It's the interviews on there are so well done. I really love it. It's such a fantastic documentary. Yeah. And that she like goes back to the property that they, filmed at, which they built the barn, they made the lake, and they built the house all on location for the film, and that... Those, pretty crazy. Yeah, it is insane. And I those, love that house. I do, too. Um, funny thing, which they don't talk about this in the documentary, I don't think, but that house, like, they build the house, and it goes up the um, staircase, but there's not a second level. Like, it's not a true... It's it's a movie house still. Right. So, like, there's not that second level. I like that staircase. I do, too. The staircase is there. But in, uh, what was it, like, 2005 or 2006? Yeah, a fan burned it down. A hardcore oh, wow. fan went there. Like, they were, like, they just went to see if they could get on site. They did. They slept there, and they burned it down. Why? What? Uh, they just... tried to light the chimney, and the chimney, being not a real functioning yeah. chimney, lit on fire. So it wasn't, like, a purposeful burn down? No. It wasn't, but, like, afterwards, the dude took a bunch of pictures. Like, it was, like, a group of people that were there, like, okay. four people, but they took pictures of it burning and then posted it on a Friday the 13th horror blog, ah, like, yeah. bragging about mm-hmm, it, that they mm-hmm. killed Jason. It was just stupid. <laughs> Idiots, huh? Yeah, it was really okay. dumb. But... I digress. Like, what I love about this film, um, I, it is my favorite Jason, and it's not just because he gets his mask, but Richard Brooker, I think, like, the, his presence, I like Mm -hmm. his size, I like the way that the beginning of the film, the way Steve Miner shows, Steve Miner shows him is that, you know, he's kind of, he's stalking people, he's hidden I really love that aspect about it. Now, I don't like, like, hillbilly rape scene. And I'm fine that it's... Oh, yeah, well, we can get to yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine down. that it's in there, but it's, like, all the stuff with, like, him taking his mask off and, like, licking his lips and, like, running after her. <laughs> not a fan of. But, like, the, like, anything that's not, like, a dream sequence or a flashback of him, I really enjoy. I, I just like the physicality. So I think that's honestly why I like... It so much, and I do love Shelly. Like I like the kids in in part three. I yeah, I hate not... the kids in See, part three. I don't, I don't hate them, I and I really, I love Chris. Like Shelly's think... pretty enjoyable. I think the first hour of the movie is pretty boring. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, I like this film. I don't know why. I just do. It's not my favorite. I don't hate it. I, yeah. I just um, it. I definitely prefer it part one for, for I, oh yeah for friday films it kind of is like the original star trek series where like the even number ones are the good ones for oh, me oh i don't think uh so, two yeah. four and six are my favorites see and i like part seven i like i think it's fun i don't like seven um i do like five though yeah seven was fun seven's really fun it has one of my favorite kills in it. we watched that in september yeah yeah so 
Kane Hodder movies. Uh, Nolan, bad. What do you like about this film? Yeah, so, I mean, I would say that this is kind of, it's a movie that I think is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer it more than, obviously, the later movies. Uh, I, I like two a bit more, but I do enjoy that this is a movie that is iconic. It's like we talked about earlier, he finds his mask. Mm-hmm. I, I actually quite like the last, like, 20 or 30 minutes quite a bit. Since they were done with the set, that was one of the last things they shot, and they are like, well, we're done with the barns, so Very he, nice. he just told, like, Richard, you can go in there and just tear it to shit. Yeah. So, like, him, like, knocking it down, it's just him literally going in there and punching everything out, which is kind of awesome. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, I'm with you. I enjoy the biker characters. I think they give the movie a little bit of flair that I think it's missing a little bit. Unlike you... Without them, it would be very boring. Sure. That, that's what I was going to say. Unlike you, a little bit, the I find some of the characters a bit boring. I do enjoy um, Shelly. I think he <laughs> gives a little bit of, of fun uh, that's needed in the film. He also gives Jason his mask. Um, so, sure you know, Shelly has a, a point to the film. I like I like the film. I don't love it, um, but um, I enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. It's not my favorite kids to verify like to correct myself but i do like the kids yeah i i don't know i guess i think it's one of the worst final girls oh i like chris yeah I like chris, chris played by dana kimmel which like she's fine i just don't like the story with her character oh I uh, and she got cast because she was in that sweet 16 horror mm-hmm. film which is if you've seen that it's really good i have not i have not either. i like that movie okay. but Okay. Can, before, can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just going to give... I have not properly done this. Uh, shout out to Larry Zerner, who plays Shelley. Yeah. Yeah. Larry Zerner. Which he was cast um, off the street. He was discovered. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. They literally just saw him, and they were like, hey, you look like a guy that <laughs> could be this character. Well, you know, they did a good job with that. They really did. And he could already juggle. So the scene where they're hey. juggling, he was like, yeah, I was a pretty good juggler. Props right there. <laughs> So you you got uh, Chris. I don't. I just don't like. She's such a step down from Jenny from oh, part two. Okay. Well, play. You already said her name, didn't you? Yeah, Dana Dan. Kimmel. I'm sorry. Yeah, Dana Kimmel. Um, I she's fine. Like she's pretty. She's got this like girl next door look See, going. That's, but, I think that's why I like her. Is I feel like well, her and Jenny. I think. Well, you know what? Honestly, most of the Friday the Thirteenth final girls are very much girl next door. Yeah, like, they're they, pretty homey. They. Holy! Oh my god! I like that a lot. What? I. I mean, there's Gobby's licking up a storm. You're being misogynistic. Oh my god! Being misogynistic. They're homie. Just compared to the other girls, they definitely make the distinction. I think that okay, that is part of where the. uh, I just want to say, I feel like. For they're playing into the Halloween trope of like Lori being very girl next door. Yes, very much. That's like where that started. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> like it. You talked about. I would. I guess we can get into it because we're probably not going to run down these like plot wise no. because we don't need to. I I don't like Chris's backstory. I don't like her motivation. I I don't know. I just don't. I don't like the. And they don't, like, say that she was molested or raped or anything, but, but it's heavily implied. Intention. Like, yeah. that was what that was supposed to and be. And I don't, I don't like that. No. I don't like that flashback. I don't like it for Jason. I, I feel that it... And I guess the reason that they did that 
what I was reading is that if they, the writer thought that if they put a rape scene in the movie, that it would make the audience want Jason to die and not to root for him. Because they wanted it to be the final film. Right. Yeah. Which I think is just silly. And I I guess they pulled back on that because they thought it was too dark, which I agree. They wanted this movie to be the final one? Yeah. They wanted this and part four. (laughs) Each time, like, each Each time they went, they were like, we're going to kill him for real Mm -hmm. this time. And he just keeps coming back. Yeah, so the movie was kind of an embarrassment. Like, all of these movies are an embarrassment for Paramount, which is stupid because they're so (laughs) profitable. I guess, like, especially by the fourth one, Frank Mancuso Jr., who I think starting with, what, number two, Mm -hmm. like, took a more hands-on role with, like, producing and, um, like, secondary, you know, direction and stuff like that. But but he's, like, a shepherd of that series, and he felt like he was never given credit for making them so much money. And all the Friday the 13th films are produced, like, they were made independently, but then the marketing and the release is done by Paramount. So they're made like horror movies were made back then, which is why they all look so cheap. But then Paramount would release it as a studio film. And they were profitable. Yeah, and they were super profitable. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they stayed profitable up until, you know, they sold it to New Line. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, well, they were profitable, but yeah. Yeah, less so, but yeah. Other people we have in this film, we got Debbie. Um, she She is pregnant. Tracy Savage? Yes, Tracy Savage, who is famous for being a television reporter who covered the OJ trial. Um, And her boyfriend, Andy, who's played by Jeffrey Rogers. And then you have Vera, who is the um, Hispanic girl that's set up with Shelly. Vera is played by uh, Catherine Parks, who her other uh, famous role is Weekend and Bernie's. Mm -hmm. She is the mob boss's girlfriend. Can I have a quick side note real Uh quick on Weekend at Bernie's? Okay. Uh, (laughs) Our friend Chris McGuire. Right. I know nobody knows him out there. But it, you should stallion fight. He is uh, going. He he wants to do a weekend at Barney's. Either one, two, maybe both. He's, we could double you feature say that. Stallion fight, but really it's Moon City. Well, Moon yeah, City. Moon City. Check Moon out City. his band, please. Awesome, uh, band. Chris McGuire, one of our great friends. Uh, we might do a, a future episode on some weekend at Barney's. Yeah, so so, yeah. so there we'll get more Catherine Parks. Um, and then you you talked about Jason Richard Broker Broker being your favorite. Um, he also had a bit part in Deathstalker, mm-hmm. which is a a loathsome Conan ripoff. Yep. Um, so yeah, what what is your guys's favorite death? I I imagine we all have the same answer. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. It's the handstand kill. So Andy, after having sex. With Debbie. It's my favorite kill of Friday the 13th, the franchise. She's it's a really good one. She's showering, right? <laughs> and then he is doing the handstand. He's going to get her a drink. Yeah, going to get her a drink. And they, the way they set it up is <laughs> they make a floor out of uh, plexiglass. Can we talk about also real quick how big that shower is? That's a big shower. <laughs> it's a really big shower. But there's no shower kills, even though the cover of the movie indicates that there will be a shower kill. Mm -hmm. So he is doing a handstand, and then they shoot it from below, where Jason comes right down. um, What do they call it? Like a bisection, Mm -hmm. where you cut him down the middle from groin to... to face. Mm -hmm. Poor guy. So they made a full-body dummy of him, and actually had, um, you know... Um, 
you know, Richard Broker come down with an actual machete and cut the dummy, mm-hmm. which a lot of these scenes, especially for, um, like, parts three through, like, six, seven, they're so heavily edited that a lot of the special effects right. work that went into making these phenomenal kills part three is especially. so heavily edited. Yeah. Three and four. Well, I actually think five is the most edited film in the franchise. There's the well, yeah, yep, and, and some of that sex stuff too. Yeah, but um, yeah, th- three and four are heavily edited as well. I would love to see you know because they have um, I, I believe on the Crystal Lake documentary, it's like Danish or they they show like um, like uh, behind the scenes footage, yeah, was- and it looks. Absolutely disgusting. I was gonna say, didn't they? I mean, they have this to film, don't there, they? There, there is. It's. I don't know if it's. They just never I'm gonna put say it back it's in. Danish or something, but there, there is a version of part three, I believe. That you can get on VHS. Well, it's floating around online, where like you can watch it. I'm not saying it's legal to watch it, right. but um, where you can find it, where it's the uncut version. Oh wow! So it's the only one that they ever released. Uh, that's what the they uncut. should do is they should do a 4K box set that's uncut. That would be amazing. I mean, my guess, and I don't know this, I'm just throwing this out there, is maybe they don't have the right film elements to edit it together to make it look logistic. I don't know. I I I just I wonder why they haven't been able to do that. I mean, if they because could make an Orson Welles film after he died. That's true. Surely they like, can edit you back would think in. they would have that like it shouldn't <laughs> right. be that difficult. It's, well, my bloody Valentine did that when right? they yeah. released that. And even like with that film, you know, it's like the elements were different, but they still put them in. But our, like you would think they would yeah. be able to do that. Well, isn't even something with like RoboCop, the unedited version, aren't the uncut scenes different than the theatrical? It's probably true. Like the actual like um the 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 elements as you say, like I I feel like in the transfer for that it, it is slightly different. Yeah. But to to go back, so we're all in agreement that that's the best kill. Oh, of, yeah. Of part I, three. Absolutely. I think yeah. Rick's death, which is... I think Rick's is probably one of the more famous deaths where the eye getting popped Just out. his head getting squeezed. I, yeah. It's a good time. I think the eye looks silly. I oh, bet well, it looks... I, I think it probably looks better in its natural, like, 3D Can you yeah. imagine how viewing? good it would have looked through the red and blue glasses? Right. That's what Thank I'm saying. You. But it, as it is, it doesn't look great. And that's another thing with this film, that we only have to watch it not in 3D. So a lot of the gags just look well, pretty it's, silly. it's a brighter film because right. of that. Like, everything about it, it's just a, a slightly different feel than the rest of them. Just to create the... 3D effect. Like, mm-hmm. by necessity, they had to. How do you guys feel about Debbie's death? She has the Kevin Bacon part Dukes. Uh, In that nasty... Okay, wait. The let's... hammock? Hang on, before we get to that... Hammock sex. Yeah. Who... Who... Wants to have sex in a hammock. How's that work? There is... When we were all watching it, because we all watched it over at our friend Gray and Christina's, that was a big topic at the time. Everybody's in, in, like, agreement. Like, like, how's hammock sex happen? Yeah. But the characters act like that was the best sex they ever had. Well, especially her. She's like, like, that was amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like... Like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like... If you, Where are you getting the leverage from? Yeah, and any sudden <laughs> movements, you are flipped and you're like twirled together and suffocated. Mm-hmm. Forget it. Yeah, it's like, you're either getting suffocated or you're male genitals through the hammock ropes. That sounds painful. I don't like what that should have been. That should have been <laughs> a, a Friday the Thirteenth death. Yeah. 
I hate it. So you're saying like instead of like Freddy versus Jason where he sandwiches him? Yeah, it should have been. It should have been hammock. Yeah, genitals hammock. I don't like what you're saying, and I don't even have male genitalia. Yeah, it's awful. Um, I really hate it. Yeah, so... I mean, I like having male genitalia, but I would hate it being stuck <laughs> in a hammock. Yeah, well, but I can just know? say as a female, like, there's no part of me that's like, hammock sex, I'm down. It's like, hammock sex, that's never fucking happening. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, it seems like a broken sex swing. The normal thing that we go to... Anyone's mind. I don't care, <laughs> gay, straight, male, female. Whatever you're, you're just like, there. that is gonna be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, like, it's just suspended by ropes, but it, not in like but, a kinky way. But to get back to her death, like, right? Eh, like again, I don't love the first one, so the callback. I'm not just like, yes. It's just like, okay, whatever. But I do love the shot of her, like you know, sitting in hammock bed and then all of a sudden looking up mm-hmm. and seeing her mutilated boyfriend, uh-huh. that shot looks great. And I, I think the gore looks really cool. Mm-hmm. So again, because it's the best kill. Yeah. So, uh, we got Vera who, she is the first uh, death via Jason's I new style. Love it's, this kill. He comes and walks out on the dock showing his new look. Mm-hmm. And stuff. she mm-hmm. thinks it's Shelly fucking around. Right. Which is like, it's like, come on, like, there's no afro, like, okay. on that mongoloid. But, like, I think, I mean, he's been... Jason's a mongoloid. Okay, but Shelly's been messing, like, with everyone the whole film. Yeah, because it's he has fair... that attache case, his little weekend sleepover that has yeah. his whole world in it. I think it's fair for her to think that it's him. <laughs> but you should, like, you should know that, like, Shelly's not six foot five, and... I guess, but, like... slim trim. That's yeah. true. I'm just saying... Right in the moment, like, how fast is the, br- is the brain processing everything that's happening all at once? Not that fast. She got a harpoon dart through her brain. No? Right through the eye. I love that kill. It is a good kill. It's a good moment in the film. And, again, I think part of the reason why I love this film so much is so many of the kills, I think, are so iconic. So good. That is my favorite part. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk about some of the end. In the original ending... Don't like... Chris is supposed to die. Decapitated by So, Jason. they do... You know how, like, they have, like, a like a, a fake-out ending at the end of each of these films? Right. So, in the original... It uh, involves a person in a boat in a lake. Right. <laughs> so, which it does in this. In the original film, Chris is supposed to, after defeating Jason, she's supposed to, like, go back to the house thinking that Rick's calling for her, that mm-hmm. he's, like, alive... She goes back, and Jason's there in full daylight uh, without the mask, and then cuts her head off. Which, which if you've seen footage of that, they changed the makeup for it, because so, it's not her flashbacks, like her right. dreams. So the reason for that, that Jason mask is actually, what I read, was designed by Stan Winston. Mm-hmm. It was. And I guess for whatever reason, he was taken off the film or quit the film, which... You know, which is probably better for everyone because if he's doing this around the same time as the thing, you know, uh, he he did help on the uh, the dog kennel scene the damn thing. Right. Bless it. You know, because Rob Bottin had so much work to do. Sure, one of the great effects films ever. We got an episode about that. Check it out. <laughs> um, so. Uh, yeah, Stan Winston's design is a little different than, uh, you know, I, what they end up you know with. You funny? Because I love Stan so much, I prefer the other design. 
I don't I don't like the what they shot for that. Yeah, and honestly, like I think my favorite Mongoloid Jason's gonna be in the next film we talk about. Which is fair. As far as like design goes. You no, know, I think I prefer this one. And it's I like both. But I do This think one's I, not as pronounced. It's not. It's a more subtle. I think it looks more like which it's it's kind of funny because uh Tom Sweeney comes back for part four. Yeah. Mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. like in a way I feel like the part three makeup looks more like a matured version of part one. Part one. I know. It's just my sure. own thing. Huh. It's what I, I feel like it looks closer. He doesn't have that big brow though. Well, I know. And I know you guys love a brow out brow out. <laughs> Continue. I, I, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Also about like the ending that actually happens. How do we feel about Ali coming back for just a scene to like stall Jason for a second. Just, What's like, the fucking bursting point? Bursting out and it's didn't bad. he get his arm cut off earlier? It's so bad. Logistically, it, it makes zero sense. Yeah, I love it because it just happens out of nowhere. Like, who's the actor that plays him? Do you have it? <coughs> yes, I, uh, I wrote it down. Well, you're looking. that would be Nick Savage. <coughs> yeah, Nick Savage. I really. It's a great name. Yeah, I really, really yeah. like him. He's really good. Again, I like the bikers. As as. It's it's not great when like it's stupid, but I like that it's there. I'm I'm with you. Like it is ridiculous. It should not be there, but it is. And you know what? Bless it's it. Entertaining. Bless it all the same. So, <laughs> I guess do we need to come to closing thoughts? Do we yeah. want to say anything about the ending any further? Um, what what do you guys got? No, I mean, I again, I like this film more than you guys. Do, but... do you guys like how Jason bites it at the end? Nah, I think it's unremarkable. Like him getting like hung and then yeah. hit with an axe. I do think one shot that I really like, and again because I like the physicality of Richard Brooker, um, whenever she opens the doors and he's just hanging there, I think that looks really good. But yeah, I mean, I don't think it's like anything amazing. Yeah. Again, I think the ending's okay. I think most of this film is probably just okay. Yeah. It's just an okay installment. Yeah. But Jason is having a bad, bad time. That's true. So, this movie actually takes place, um, so part two actually is Friday the 13th, and -hmm. as I recall, that film is one day. It's one day. Because they get there in the morning, Mm -hmm. and it goes through the night. Yes. And then, like, they... So, part three is... Saturday the 14th. Right. Well, and then the 15th. Yeah. Because it goes into the next day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's right, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because part four is Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Jason's bad weekend. So, it kind of caps off, you know, if you think of, which we didn't really talk about this. Um, what did you guys think about the hillbilly couple at the beginning of the film? Like, the dude taking a full-on shit? You know what? <laughs> Okay. Which, There's a lot of people that take shits in these movies. Yeah. There like, are. Like nasty poops and they don't wipe their butts. Nobody like, wipes. Nobody wipes. Absolutely, you're right. They always, they're sitting there, they're going, and they pull their pants right yeah. up. Yeah. Which I'm just saying as a girl, that never happens. Dude. It's always a wipe scenario. Yeah. We went into detail about this over Thanksgiving with our friends, but. Hey, you know what? I'm just, you know, I'm going to just just go about it here, you know? 
I've had a door, doorbell ring before when I've been in the bathroom. Wait a minute. So wait, you've had the doorbell ring while you're pooping? Have yeah. you had a no wipey? No, I wipe. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I thought you were going to say no, that I, you are a no wiper. No, I, I'm saying like, so like what I'm trying to say is. So the scenario is like, you're sitting on the pot. Yeah. Doorbell rings. Yeah. You take the time. Yeah, I like no matter what, I'm not like just gonna like and drop like, what I'm doing. Question, question. Doorbell yeah. rings. Do you go and window it? No, I didn't actually window it. I just was like, I gotta hurry up right now. But I, I'm <laughs> I gotta gonna hurry up right now. Make sure. <laughs> and how do you, you hurry up? up? You. <laughs> All I'm saying is, is like you need to take care of what you're doing before there's, you like. Their scenario for them getting up is like. They, like, kind of hear something, they're like, whoosh, that over there. Mm -hmm, And they mm -hmm. pull their whole pants up. Yeah, it just goes. And then they start moving. Like, I'm not saying, you know, maybe sometimes Mm -hmm, you gotta wipe mm -hmm. more than others. You still wipe. Like, you you gotta at least do do something. It's like, you can't just have, like... No. Absolutely not. Just just it all going on down there? No. Yeah, it's vile, you, dude. You know, you need to check the bog roll. Yeah. You need to go... Mm-hmm. No. You mm-hmm. don't just go do, for it. Do something. It's disgusting. Like, your but ass is going to itch so bad. So it's not just sex and drugs, but you also think that Jason is against bad hygiene. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But also, the girl... Okay, so the hillbilly couple... That girl is, like, 20, but they were like, you're cast, you're supposed to be 45... With a whole mortgage and, like, a business you're running, so... Which a bad business by that, because that man is just eating all of their food in the store. Also, though, she's kind of a bitch because, like, he just wanted to hang out with a bunny and eat some snacks. Like, he wanted to eat some peanuts, he wanted to eat a carrot, like, whatever. Yeah, he was a... Chill with his bunny. And she's like, put that disgusting... Mm -hmm. Thing away. Yeah. Do they spend and too much time no. with these characters? I love it. I love them too. Okay. Here, here's a question though, real quick. What exactly do they like? What are they running there? Like, there's like I think it's a three rest stop. or four different like areas that guys I think it's around. A re- I, I always envisioned it's it like, as like a rest stop. There's a lot going on. Well, because okay, so Camp Crystal Lake, which is this big campsite, it's probably a rest stop for you know people that go out you know to go camping you know, get supplies or whatever, or people that are, you know, just going out on the lake. You, you've been around these places. We have lakes here. Yeah, I understand that. Tons of campsites I'm just saying, like, I don't fully understand what all they're running there. Yeah. To me. There's a lot going on. As far as continuity issues go, because the, for this trilogy of films, two, three, and four, we have a lot of them. So, Jason's look at the end of two, mm-hmm. he has, like, this weird hair on top and, like, a... Doesn't he have a beard? He's... I don't... He's got, like, maybe a little bit of, like, weird neck scruff. Like, he, <laughs> he is full-on hillbilly. Yeah, he does have, like, weird little just, like, offshoots of, like, tufts of hair so and stuff. what do we think of Jason looking completely different for this? Where'd that hair go? He because this is literally hours after two. Well, you know, well, he just found I, a razor. I feel like if that's the thing that you're focusing on for continuity, they probably have nothing to worry about. Well, if, his, if that's, his look changes if that's every film. Issue, yeah. Um, also, it's like, where does he get these clothes? <laughs> he was in, like, Hillbilly. Oh, see, and that's another thing. Part three, I love his... I like the clothes that he's in. Well, I mean, you also... I, I mean, really like the clothes. He's killed a lot of people. He could loot Maybe any I'm of just people. attracted to Richard Brooker. Maybe that's Count what it. it is. Because he's really cute. He was a really cute man. 
Beautiful boy. But he's covered in foam latex, though, because he was a skinny man. I know, but, like, into it. Don't care. Goblin, you feel the same. <laughs> so, that's Friday the 13th, part three. Mm-hmm. Now part we'll, 3D, be, we'll be getting three and 3D. to the end of Jason's Bad Weekend, but also the beginning of the Tommy Jarvis trilogy. Which mm-hmm. is wonderful. We almost did that instead. Uh, it's uh, Friday the 13th, part four, from 1984. Uh, it's directed by Joseph Zito. Uh, who famously and got this job because of The Prowler, which is, which is, I would say all of us are very fond of that film. Yeah. Uh, he also did some canon action films starring Chuck Norris. Some he did fantastic in films. Invasion USA and Missing in Action. Sounds like I need a series. Uh, he did Red Scorpion. Did uh, he do one of the Delta Force films? I, I don't believe so. He may have. Um, Not the first one. But I didn't I like... see it listed. Um the budget for this film was $2.6 million. It the ended up making $33 million. Delta Force 1, The Lost Patrol. Well done, Melanie. What year is that? 2000. So it's not one it's, of the it's, originals. It's not one of the originals. He did do a Delta Force. Well though. done. Thank you. Um, so. I've seen that. Part though. 3 was <laughs> supposed to be the end of a trilogy, but it made a ton of money, so they did Part 4. Part four, they call the final chapter, and they really wanted to, to end this time because yeah. Frank. This, this is the last Friday the Thirteenth movie. They said that they well, were oh. going to kill. They made more. They, they did. Was Zombie Jason? Uh-huh. Yeah. But really, only one of those is worth a damn. Oh. Mm. So Frank Mancuso Jr. wanted out because he <laughs> felt that Paramount was not recognizing his talents for how much money he was making them Which with these agree. low budget films. I agree, I agree too. Um. What, what are you guys... Oh, synopses. Yeah, let, let me get in here real quick. Uh, Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Jason's back, and this is the one you've been screaming for. After the Crystal Lake Massacre, Jason is pronounced dead and taken to the hospital morgue, where he is mysteriously revived, allowing his diabolical killing spree to continue at the camp, where the gruesome slaughtering began. But this time, in addition to terrified teenagers, he meets a young boy named Tommy who has a special talent for horror masks and makeup, leading up to a horrifying bloody, bat- ugh, bloody battle. <laughs> has Jason finally met his match? Mm. Da, da, da. Thank you, Letterboxd. That's a better that's, synopsis. That's a much better synopsis. Uh, film. How do you guys feel about this film? This is my favorite Friday the 13th, and I feel like that's a very popular uh fan opinion yeah i mean I'm, it's your favorite it's my favorite by far I, number two is yeah. my favorite okay. I, okay i respect that i like that we yeah i like the that you have a little but i think this thought. is the best film in the series you just it's, prefer two it's for you. the best cast of kids everything about it i think is like it's there's not a boring part ted white's like, the best jason ever Ooh, don't agree but yeah there you go okay okay it's so, got the best like visual effects I mean, I love it. I do love it. Tom Savini's work in this film is very good. There is the there, which we will get into later. There is a a scene with Jason that is my favorite effect in the series. Maybe you can help us out here because I don't know. I, this is considerably more gorier mm-hmm. than two and three. Is there a reason why they became less lenient between? The films, like, uh, they had to edit a lot out of this yeah. Too. So, from my understanding, the way they shot this film, knowing about like how the NPA reacted to those films, 
is that um, they would overdo stuff and knowing that they would have to cut it back. Yeah. So it, it's like, you know, you keep submitting it, um, which I, I think that Kevin Smith talks about this in one of his commentaries for, it might be Dogma or something about like overshooting it, stuff. It's Dogma. Knowing that... Um, the MPA is going to come down because his films, a lot of them initially got like X ratings for, I guess, since he's 17 when he was making movies. Yeah. Um, because of his dialogue. He has a really, he talks about that and he talks about it in the podcast, some, um, the podcast that he does, but he, um, Spodcast, but he, <laughs> it's the dogma commentary that you're thinking Yeah. Of. So essentially, so they, they just, do the same of like shooting over the top violence and then when resubmitting, it's like, well, we cut this and this and this. And you're literally shaving frames. But you, you're not wrong. Like, it is weird to see, like, these slasher films. Like, you know, you see something like Part 3. And, right. and then ramps it, up. It's really not right. that violent. Yeah. But then you compare it from something else from the 80s, like like The Fly mm-hmm. or Robocop. Sure, sure. Which are, like, in, like, intensely violent and gory. Or, you know, even The Thing, which is the same year as Part 3. Right. And, like, the things that they get away with in those films is way more intense than these slasher yeah, films. Yeah, it's a little odd and strange. I, I, I think it's because, like, those films, they actually considered, like, films of artistic merit while the slasher genre was completely Slutier. written off. Yeah. I mean, Roger Ebert and, you know, Gene Siskel went to war with these films sure. on national television. <laughs> You know, yeah. claiming that, uh, you know, all of them were trash and ruining, you know, like cinema. It's uh, it, it's basically the, the m- more intense version of Scorsese versus Marvel. And the uh, youth <laughs> of our... The youth of America. Right. The um, youth of our America. You know, it's trash. It's not cinema. It has no merit. Um Funny enough, uh, that has not seemed to proven true. Um, oh, these films are quite successful. Cinema. Yeah, uh, th- this movie is freaking awesome. I I love it. I I think it's like you guys said. It's one of the best cast of kids. Jason, this movie's awesome. Like I love how mad he is in this movie. I do like his demeanor. He's very angry. Everything He's is pissed. done with force. Yeah, and it, it makes sense story wise. Um, any well, initial other initial thoughts? It doesn't. For the timeline, it makes no sense. It, he got an axe in his head. Yeah, that makes sense. I'd be pissed. No, no, but I'm saying, like, the rest of the timeline, like, compared to, like, stuff that happened in the first, second film, it makes no sense. Yeah. It makes no sense, the timeline. Like, this is the one where, there. I mean, there's stuff in, in part three that it doesn't make sense, but, like, this one, it really goes off the rails with as far as, like, we're only... Um, day three. Three days after part two. Yeah. And the biggest thing that doesn't make sense timeline-wise is the character of Rob. Looking for his sister. He's looking for his sister, Sandra, who is one of the girls that dies in part two. Yeah. Um, which they kind of adapt that storyline. Um, the, the kid from Supernatural in the remake. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know which one is which. Like, there's a Jensen Ackles and a... What's the other one? Jared Padalecki. Yeah, that's it. I don't know which one is which. It's, it's Jared Padalecki's. On um, so, in that remake... Jensen which, Ackles is in the Bloody Valentine remake. So, in <laughs> in uh, the, the remake, they kind of, like, redo parts one through three. 
but they kind of add and this storyline from part four. Just as a... Where he's looking for his yeah, sister. Just as a sidebar, how do you guys feel about the remake? I like it. I enjoy it. I love that remake. I think it's one of the better horror remakes. It's it's awesome. From, like, what was Platinum Dunes? Is that the company that was doing all those? The right. Jerry Brockheimer produced ones? I, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, it's... I would say it's hands down uh, much better than, like, say, the... Texas Chainsaw remake or the Friday of, or the um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah I, I would put it like as far as like films in the series, I would put it in the top half. I would too. Of I, um, I, Jason I, films. Yeah, I really love it. Sorry, not just to. There is some stupid shit in that movie, but overall, overall I, it's stupendous. Yeah, yeah, stupendous uh, nipple placement. <laughs> Count it. Um, that stuff's really funny. It's so good. But um, getting back to part four, <laughs> um. So we we have the introduction to Tommy Jarvis and the Jarvis family, which you don't hear from again later in the series. Uh, Tommy Jarvis is uh, famously played by Corey Feldman. Uh, He's a child actor. This is the same year that Gremlins came out, Mm -hmm. so he's just getting off, you know... um, Having a big year for him. Yeah, having a big year. Um, I think these movies released months apart. They did. Uh, And then you have um, Trish Jarvis, which is played by... uh, uh, Kimberly Beck, who was also a child actor in the uh, 50s and 60s, uh, she, I guess most famously, outside of this film, she was the little girl in Marnie, mm-hmm. uh, Alfred Hitchcock's yes. film. Um, she's the girl that's being babysat. Babysat. She's um, being babysat. Yeah. And then the mom is played Babysitted. by Joanne uh, Freeman, which, uh, looking at her filmography, it looked like she was in a bunch of like 50s and 60s genre films. Um, this was actually her last movie. Um, and then Rob, who's like, who we're supposed to believe is our other uh, protagonist, uh, played by E. Eric Anderson, which it didn't look like he was in anything else. Um, but he, he's the one who has the story of, um, looking for his, uh, long lost dead sister from three days ago. And he's been hunting. Yeah. Hunting Jason. Mm-hmm. For, mm-hmm. for three days. Uh, what do you guys think of the story? Like, how do you feel about the, uh. We'll get to the kids in a bit, but how do you feel about, like, the, the Jarvis family adding a parental unit? It's the first time in the series that a parent is in the film. It's also the first time that, like, you have a kid, you know, in there. Yeah. Well, what do you guys think? I, I, I like it. I, um, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I know this film very well, and so it's not like I am unaware, but every time I start watching it, it's like... I realized, like, oh, this is such a big cast. You have the Jarvis family, and then you have the other house across the way, like, across the path. And then, like, the little, uh, the, the, the pre-movie yeah. stuff in the hospital, which kind of sets it up like a Halloween 2 style. Yeah. Where you have, um, and they kind of use the same bits, where you have the, like, scuzzy, um, I you really know, like attending scuzzy. guy. Yeah, I love a and then, I love scuzzy attending you know, guy. hot nurse, and they're gonna yeah. get it on to aerobics. I, I love the intro to this film, like, before we even get started, and I do like that it's kind of mashing everything in there, because, you know, part three initially was gonna be Jenny in a hospital. Right. So I like that they kind of roped it back in. Well, the kills are brutal, too. He yeah. uses the, uh, the saw... Um, you know, on the throat, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It looks good. Yeah, all the death in this movie looks Obviously great. Obviously, all the effects, I mean, of course, it, it's wonderful. 
Nolan, how do you feel about the setup? Uh, the change in the formula, if you will. Slight change. I mean, it's it's all fine. If I'm being honest, I mean... Until he says, I'm a dead fuck. It really... I mean, you don't that's care. the thing. Is like I could give less of a care about this movie <laughs> until, like... Until Crispin the, Glover and until they're like, sitting up. in the back of the and, like, car. I mean, do whatever you want to do. Like, I don't have a problem with the setup. I'm just like... Whatever, and when Crispin Glover gets on scene, I'm Can just I like, okay, let's go. Follow up question. Yeah, it's not that up until that point it's bad, but like right. you love that so much that that's just what you're waiting yeah. for. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> so in the when the movie, like I've seen this movie probably like four or five times at this point, but like, like I'm just like, all right, all right, all right. The hospital stuff's fine. Tommy Jarvis stuff's fine. Mom's hot. You know, whatever. Mom's Is hot. mom the hottest girl in the movie? No. Twins are hot, but they make them look... They dress them up in such stupid outfits. That's... When yeah. we were watching this, during the skinny dipping scene, Joan no Freeman. one paused it on the twins' booties going into the water. Well, and that's... No, it's like, we, it might be the guy's booties. Like, there's a lot of booties going to that lake. And I don't know whose it is, but, like, there's a scene where, like, full ass is just, like out and about where, I mean, you're getting close to seeing some hole right there. Oh, that's Teddy running into the, the lake. territory. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, <laughs> we, like, paused it a couple times to see, like, you I just, like, pointed booties. out to everyone, like, look how deep this ass is Yeah, right now no, no, screen. no. So I, I can clarify that that was not, like, Nolan is an ass man. Everyone mm-hmm. that knows Nolan knows right. this. They're aware. Now the audience is aware. Like a badass Billy Gunn. The audience knows. Exactly like a badass Billy Gunn. He's an ass man. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nolan was not pausing the film in this section to t- have a tantalizing moment. Right. It was more just like, he was like, this is going really deep. Yeah. Like, how were they not edited out? Yeah. It was These like, deep it was asses, a whole thing. And he's not wrong. But no, I... I will say, Mom, which the I'm not sure who the actress that plays Trish Trisha's. Um, I, I've got Kimberly it. Beck. Kimberly Beck, she looks so much better in the interview in Crystal Lake Memories. Like she looks gorgeous. She looks she looks absolutely gorgeous in that. And in the film, I feel like, and I don't know if it's just like a weird '80s tan thing, but I feel like she looks a lot older than she looks like she could be the mom. Yeah, like it's kind of weird, and I think that Joan. Uh, the actress that played yeah, Joan Freeman. She looks great. She looks absolutely yeah, wonderful. She's gorgeous. I think she is. And I think dynamite. That, in yeah, this movie. I think. Yeah. I think that she's the most attractive, other you, than the twins. I just think do you guys was, like that they kept her death off screen? I do. Now, have you? Yeah, I've seen. That. Yeah, the footage of what they were gonna the do. The original ending. Yeah, is really cool. It, it it's kind of like cool. him revisiting what he did on the Prowler, yeah. what him and Savini did together. Um, so, you know, on the Prowler, you have that gag where early on in the film, the guy dies in the shower. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of the film, you know, the curtains pulled back and you have that last gasp of like nervous reflex and it's a good scare. Sure. So they were going to, in the original ending for this, they were going to have Trish after everything. She sits down on the couch. She's just like... And then she sees water dripping. Yeah. And she goes upstairs and she pulls back the curtain and it's her mom dead in the bathtub. You just know, Jason's floating. killed her. Oh, wow. But then the eyes roll white. Oh. Okay. So like, you know, for that scare. And it does look really cool, but it's not needed. Yeah. And, okay. and that's what they said. They thought it was like too mean-spirited. 
um, that, you know, you, you didn't need that after, you know, the hospital ending. Yeah. Which I agree. The I hospital agree. ending's fine. Yeah, and, I agree. Um, the hospital ending, you know, um, Halloween 4 kind of takes the ending from this film where it's hinting at, like, you know, the the next killer in the so series. The if the series is going to continue, the child's you know, the child's going to take over. Take up the machete or the right. knife. How's Corey Feldman in this movie for you guys? You know do, what? do you like his reactions to seeing nudity in the window? I do. Oh my gosh, this is yeah. fucking happening. He's like mind blown. <laughs> Great reaction. <laughs> but I have to say, um, yeah, I I'm not the biggest. Like, you know, he's he's fine. He's fine in it. Like, I like him. Like I I do love that they basically just make him baby Tom Savini, and that he's just into <laughs> like. You know, but I don't love the way... He, he's a better Tommy Jarvis than part five's Tommy Jarvis. I agree, he is. Now, part six Tommy Jarvis is, is the best. That's that's your primo yeah. Jarvis right well, there. Part six is excellent. It is excellent. But I don't like the way that they make him look like whenever he goes down at the end and he's confronting Jason. He shaves all his hair off. Yeah. Well, it's... I, I just don't... It's like I wish that he would have done, like, a little bit of a makeup or something since he's a makeup kid. I know he was on... Yeah, and they're kind of, like, redoing the uh, the ending of part two. Yeah. You know, where Ginny tricks Jason, you know, with yeah. uh, Mama Sweater. Yeah. So it's, it's just that I... It's not that I don't like Corey Feldman, but I just don't like that scene in particular since, like... He is a special effects kid. It's like he could have thrown on like a little mask prosthetic something. Yeah, I mean they yeah. set up earlier in the film all the masks he has yeah, in he's his got room. Yeah, they don't like, use it. You yeah. just do a little bit of sure. black like shadow. Which around I guess the like eyes. that was supposed to be an homage to Tom Savini. Yeah. Which you know is really cool. Yeah, and Tom like Savini. those masks and stuff look awesome. And yeah. there's no way that a kid you know with those resources in a rural area would be able to make those, but. Oh, but I love it, though. Yeah, I love it, too. Because when I was a kid, I I was like, I want this. Mm -hmm. So bad. So, I think the high point, you know, outside of, like, Jason and the Kills, Mm -hmm. is the cast of kids. So phenomenal. It it is my favorite cast of kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's, it's just... Throwing it out there, it's probably my favorite cast of any slasher film for me. Oh, I... I... Mm... Ooh, I don't know, but it is really high up there for me. It's definitely my favorite of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote them down as couples. So we've got Sarah, played by Barbara Howard, mm-hmm. and Doug, played by Peter Thomas Barton, who is the very pretty man who so has that beautiful. Rob Lowe look. So uh, he's famously mm-hmm. in The Powers of Matthew Starr. With who else? Uh, Amy Steele mm-hmm. was also, she was the girlfriend in that. He plays an alien who comes to Earth. Uh, to play high school football and have, you know, like CW Freak of the Week type stuff go on. Yeah. And Louis Gossett Jr., who had not won his Oscar yet for Officer and Gentleman, <laughs> is there to protect Matthew Starr. Okay. So that is our first couple. Our next couple, I have Jimmy, played by Crispin Glover, and Teddy by Lawrence Monsoon. I love that you uh, coupled them. And uh, Lawrence uh, Monsoon... <laughs> Or Monsoon, however you want to say it, Monosun. Mm-hmm. Um, he was famously in Last American Virgin, which is like a big teen film from the very early '80s. Um, it's kind of that in that timeline of like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Teddy for life. Um, then we have the two twins, uh, Tina and Terry, uh, portrayed by Kamala Moore and Carrie Moore. Which it looking at their filmography, it looks like they got cast in a lot of stuff as twins mm-hmm. together. 
Obviously. And then you have Samantha and Paul. Samantha is uh, Judy Aronson and Paul Alan Hayes. Um, Paul is played by Alan Hayes, not Paul Alan Hayes. That's a good name, though. It is. If you combine it all. It's sound official. Um, which, looking at, um, you know, most people's filmographies, it looks like a lot of them didn't really go on to do much bigger stuff. You know, Crispin Glover obviously did with Back to the Future, and then... Uh, really played into his uh, weirdo persona his in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, with the Willard remake. And uh, he's in the Charlie's Angels franchise, uh, famously. You're my density. I mean, my destiny. Back to the Future, one of the great <laughs> uh, screenplays of all time. A wonderful film. And he's great in that movie, uh, which is really, uh, that's what, one year after this? Yes. Yeah. And he's great in that movie. Yeah. He looks a lot older in that film. He does. I, it's that really is, odd. Which yeah. I think he's only 18 or no, he's 19 when filming this. Yeah, he's a baby. I mean, what well, my eyes. It's the hair. I will say like, Ugh. he looks really good in this movie. He looks so good. Like. Like attractive. Oh. Yeah, he's and a handsome also, boy. He, he's like, he's like that boy whenever, you guys don't know about this or maybe you do. When you're a freshman and there's a senior, he's just got really good hair mm-hmm. and like he's into like a lot of books that like you're like oh yeah I know mm-hmm, about those mm-hmm. books I know about those those artists those musical artists yeah. and it's just like he's into like all that obscure stuff right? that's like top oh my god yeah this is perfect like you are perfect and like you every time you see him you're just like your heart so it's like me to the freshman class that came in when we were seniors <laughs> I mean yeah if you want to I mean just give yourself a real pat on the back I'm yes, just but... telling you that like <laughs> I would have had I been like you know, 15 around his 18-year-old, yeah. I would have been like, you're it. You're, been the, like, mm-hmm. you're the cat's pajamas. Yes, you're the bee's knees. I mean, he does seem like, Ugh. in this movie, like... And he's a dead fuck. He's... He sh- That's the thing. He's is, better like, than the rest of them. Oh, so much better. But I do like that it does play off. Like, he's like, I'm so awkward and I'm so nerdy. But uh, it's so, like, he's actually super hot. So, reading... Uh, <laughs> he, yeah. He looks so reading, good. Reading, or Absolutely. not reading, uh, watching that documentary... Um, I guess that Crispin Glover and uh, Lawrence Bonnison, like, they improv the whole thing. Okay. Most of their, like, memorable dialogue. Yeah, like, them in the back of the vehicle, Very that's nice. all just them. And then uh-huh. the standout scene, Crispin Glover's dance. Oh, absolutely. Um, apparently, so I, I don't know the song that's in the actual movie, but on set, I guess he was dancing to uh, ACDC uh, Back in Black. Oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> you know, it, like, it's kind of like a weird slam dance sort of thing going on. Does that blow your mind? It does. Okay, like, I would consider myself an average dancer at best. You're a shoegazer. But, like, I I have always wanted to, like, be able to, like... Let loose. Do those moves. I can't, but, you like... Could. You could. I, I mean, I, I've tried to, like... For the audience, Nolan is an athlete. You've never seen his calves, but they're amazing. You know... I'm just saying, like... He also <laughs> is very wonderful at catch. He does things uh, uh, with uh. the glove that... Because um, you played, what, second base? I was a baseball player. Listen, his Average body... Average at best, but I was a player. You do this thing where you catch the ball on the outside of the glove and then flip it right out. Yeah. I, I find that very impressive. He's I can't got, do that. He's got moves like Jagger. I, I You've learned never it as a it. young man. I will say you're dancing, though. Um, I you you got great moves, but yeah. 
it, it seems like you don't really let your limbs flow. You stay very closed into yeah, yourself. Yeah, because I'm not like... You keep like a, a two block, like you right. have like a two square. You I'm, do a lot of sharp, short movements. The thing about me is I'm not confident with my body, so like I never you just... should be. But what I'm saying is Crispin is, and that, that's what I wish I could long for. Is that's like, your beacon. Yeah, like I mm-hmm. see him moving that... Just let those like, limbs flow. He's not afraid to just like let it all go. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Maybe next year. Okay. Dance party, dance to your dead. Okay. Maybe Halloween times. Okay. You attend. And just let it happen. You have you, a little bit of liquid courage. You're right. You, then you go straight to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You feel it? Yeah. Cool. I think that's I'll fair. film it and I'll put it on the Twitter. Cinema parlor. So, hard out do you guys, <laughs> like, for this movie, do you just, in, like... Watching these kids hang out and just have a goof off time them in the house. with the great dialogue, them, like, the weird yeah. little like that's just fun enough, yeah. right? Oh, Even before you get to the kills, the best. Yeah. I mean, th- this is a movie for me. Like, you know how I am about like a lot of movies. I'm like, I, I need to find something there. To, like, this is a movie where I'm just like entertained. Mm-hmm. Like, I could watch this movie so many times. I don't care about like if there's. Like, no subtext or like something to study. I just I am so entertained by this. Yeah. Like we watched it last Saturday. Yeah. If I told you like, hey Nolan, you want to watch? Yeah. 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 I, I would watch it anytime. Uh, if if anybody the out there is like, we're gonna watch Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. I'm like, okay. No, and, and I Let's think go. Four is a a better film and a more entertaining film than Part Two. I guess I just get more enjoyment from Part Two because like I think it's such a well crafted horror film. Like, I really appreciate all of the set pieces, and I think that, like, I really dig Jason, like, how weird he is in the movie. Just, like, the weird him running in the background, I I really Mm -hmm. like, and I think that, as far as the franchise goes, it's the only film in the franchise that is actually, like, competent with its scare scenes. Okay. Because, like, this, this franchise doesn't excel at scaring its audience like it's a fun thing (laughs) where it's like we want to see some kids be stupid we want to see some nudity slashing gas you know we want to see some like cool deaths yeah this this is a thing where you part two is like actually like frightening right i mean in a lot of the friday 13th movies correct me if i'm wrong but like it's not a scare thing but you're like you're ready for Jason to kill people. That's right. what you're longing for. That's what you're watching for. It's like a release. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. So, yeah, part two, I, I really enjoy just the craft behind it. But this is I, a, a sharper film. I do want to ask, what do you... So, like, for part two, we have mm-hmm. Jenny. For part three, we have Chris. Yeah. What do you think of Trish Jarvis as a final girl? Um, I don't think she's much of a final girl. It's her brother. Well, Tommy. yeah, but for for all I mean, she doesn't really have much of an impact. I think that um, if you're comparing, <coughs> pardon me, if you're comparing her to the other final girls in the series. I think that you have to do it as like her and Tommy as a pair. Yeah, because which is, which is fine. Her characterization. It only exists through Tommy. There's no, like, there's no story there. There's no sexuality there. There, There's nothing there. Like, there's not a romance is what I mean by sexuality. You know, because later on in the series, the final girls have, like, bows and stuff that, you know, they're protecting and whatnot. Especially, like, part seven Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, 
and in six is even the same way. You know, it's, Tommy is more of the final girl throughout. Um, well, five and six. I'm aware that Tommy's even like, though there are final girls in as, those films. As far as a girl, final girl. Yeah, I mean, uh, just she's fine. Um, again, like she only serves the purpose of being a mother figure to Tommy, especially once their mother is dispatched in the yeah. film. What do you think, Owen? Yeah, actually, I mean, something can, I can, just compared to the films we're looking at. So two. And yeah, three. I mean, we. I mean, I, I. I'm probably more the opinion that like Amy Steele is probably the best of them, but like what I like about That's this, right what I like about this movie though mm-hmm. is that it kind of changes that course a little bit. Yeah. To where we do have not just a single lady that's trying to. It's her and her baby brother. Right, yeah. yeah. I, I like that difference, and I think it stands out as a slasher film in general in how it goes about that trope. So, Oh, and she probably has the best final girl, like, smack on Jason, the hand stunt, as far as, like, final girl ripping. Yeah. Um, I, I really like the machete going in and it actually splitting. Well, and I like then the him, like, of it, too, the way it looks yeah, in the and camera. He pulls back and, like, looks at it, and you see the split in the hand. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Um, also, something I do like about her, it's uh, Rob's death scene, which they set it up like Rob is going to be, like, a pro or a, a co-protagonist. And as soon as he faces Jason, he dies. Mm-hmm. And he dies in, like, a bitchy, wimp way. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, do like that we immediately shift from... Because, like, you do, there is the expectation that it's, like, it's going to be her and him. Yeah. Like, that's that's your protagonist. But then quickly, it's her and Tom. Well, I, I think his death's mm-hmm. so unsettling because you don't see anything. You see Jason standing over him, and he's him just screaming. saying, like... Oh God, he's, he's killing, killing me. me. He's killing me. And, Help! Oh God. And I will and say, she does like the logical thing of running away, but then it's that moment that she hears another human in trouble, and she turns back and illogically goes back down. And I do like that sequence because a lot. You say logically, but I do feel like that's a human response. It like, is. Like it's like it is a logical. Yeah, it, but, it, but it's not in the way of like the girl out in the porch. Like she hears a noise and she's like, "Hello." Yeah. Like it's like it, it's a very for me, it, it reminds me a lot of um, American Werewolf in London um, when uh, yeah. Griffith Dunn is getting killed and he's doing the screaming like, oh my God, Jesus, fuck, help me. Yeah. And um, I can't think of his name, but the hero of that film, uh, he's running away and then he's like, oh, my friend, and then goes back to him. Uh, that sequence, it, it reminds me of that a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what about you? What what? <coughs> What are your opinion on your favorite final girl I mean, or your how the end here? Yeah, in these movies. Well, because I was before he brought this up, I was gonna bring up that where it's like I do like that you're set up to think that it's gonna be it's gonna be these two, this mm-hmm. couple that conveniently you know he's looking for his sister, she's protecting her brother. It's like they have this common sibling bond. And then it's, like, as soon as he faced Jason, and, and I love that scene so much. These movies don't scare me, but that I do, <coughs> every time I watch it, I do think it's a very fucked up thing that you don't see in slashers, where it's, like, I think that's a natural reaction, where, like, when something's happening to you, and you're, like, this isn't real, and you're, like, 
oh my god, he's killing me, like, this is happening. I think that's such a, like, a visceral reaction, and that's always been something that, it, it does bother me a little bit. It doesn't scare me, but it's just, like, oof, that is intense. So, yeah. I, I would say I feel very similarly, but, uh, I mean, Trish, I'm kind of, like, whatever. I do, I know you don't like Chris, but I do prefer, Jenny's the best of what we're talking about, Jenny. Like, she's the best in the series, she's the best final girl, but I prefer Chris to Trish. Okay. Let's get into some of these kills, excluding the <laughs> final kill in the film. Yeah. Um, which is one of the great visual which effects. Is my favorite. It's my favorite visual effect in any oh, of it's these. So films. good. It, yes, I agree. It's so um, good. It, it is up there with uh, some of his work from Day of the Dead. Agreed. Um. So, out of the kids, what is your favorite death? Okay. Again, it's it's not it's not my favorite. It's not like because it's such a cool kill, but uh, Ted, where's the corkscrew? And mm-hmm. slams his hand down. It's really great. It's, really, it's I, so good. Yeah, no, that that's my favorite too. Um, <laughs> I just love and it's a good visual effect. Hand, and then the the meat butcher, cleaver yeah, the into the head. Right it's great. The yeah, it's so good. Uh, <laughs> just to be different, I'll, I'll go with. Um, obviously she's not a main character, but I'll go with the first kill of like banana the film, mash. the banana that she's got the banana. No, the hitchhiker. She yeah. just bites him. <laughs> yeah. You like her the knife in the throat while she's up chucking banana. Yeah, and the banana just is oh, so gross. It's mush. It's so disgusting, hard. but like I You'd make find a it like bread. quite hilarious. Yeah. You you yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Also for brutal deaths, um, you got the lake death, which they made a full body dummy for uh, I, Judy Aronson. I, I, I wanted to bring this up because of what she had to go through. I feel like, and again, it's when we were watching this with our friends, um, it, it's like every time the scene comes up, I do think about everything that she had to do, like go through. Because even before Crystal Lake mem- like Memories, I... I remember reading about this. Yeah, it's like one of the big trivia things. That she, I mean, so you have the raft and there's a body cast. So it's like basically like a plastic dummy that's Mm -hmm. floating in the raft. Her body is actually vertical. She's in a harness on the raft. Her legs are in the water. So most of her body, she is upright. She's in the water. It's like 33, 32 degrees, freezing water. And... She is just sitting there for, it took them how many hours to film the scene? Yeah, several. So, yeah, so, I mean, she we're just, talking like five, She got hypothermia. Yeah, five to six Man, hours. And one nice thing, because there's, like, back and forth about, like, if... Ted White, if, Joseph Zito being like, assholes. Who's an asshole, but Ted White confronted Zito about it and was like, you need to pull her out. She's turning blue. And I just think him being, like, an old-school um, stuntman, mm-hmm. showing compassion for, like, a young girl who's, like, she's sitting in the water. She's been in there for hours. You need to take her out. You are actually crossing the line here. She could die. Insane. And them just thinking, like, well, we just need to get the shot. We just need to get it. And it's like, dude, she's still, like, a kid. Like, pull her out of the water. What are you doing? I think that's crazy. And I, I do love that story that he whatever people might think of him or, you know, his perception. Yeah, I mean, there's there are various accounts of, like, who was the bigger asshole on yeah. set. because if you... I mean, Corey Feldman, you know, famously, he... Like, him and Ted... Ted White, yeah, yeah didn't get did along. not get along. But, I don't know, I just... I... Yeah. It, it's not one of my... I mean, 
I, I think it's a great kill in the series. I would yeah, say, it, I would it, say it's, it's probably, kill. it's in my top ten, but it's, uh, I, I do prefer And then her, her boyfriend, who later goes out, he gets a, a, a harpoon through the groin mm-hmm. in the lake. Um, you also have the twins. One of them gets hooked with a spear as she's leaving the party. Um, it's very quick. You don't see much gore. Yeah. It's just speared along the house. Yeah. Um, and the other twin is thrown out the window after having sex with uh, Crispin Glover, uh, proving that he is not a dead fuck. No, she said he was great. You know, I always... I, sorry to interrupt, but... You know, I feel so bad for Crispin in this movie because, yeah. like, he... Why do you feel bad for him? He wasn't a dead fuck. Well, yeah, like, but I mean, like, the thing is, like, I do understand that, but, like, he is on, like, such a high, though. Like, he's feeling good about himself. Right. Like, it's, like, the probably one of the best nights of his life. Yeah. He's trying to get that wine. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like, he's just, like, he just has sex with this beautiful lady. He's, like, she tells him how good he is. Like, he's feeling so good. He goes to the kitchen. He's, like... <laughs> Ted, <laughs> I'm not a dead fuck, you know? He's like, well, he delivers Teddy those panties. Yeah, so, like, everything's great, and then all of a sudden... I, if you just me, I think he went out on, like, the biggest high. Maybe so. I just, you know, I don't know why. A part of me is just, like, I, I feel bad for him. blazing. Yeah. Like, why couldn't he just have the best night of his life without having to die? That's all I'm saying. Listen, he needed to die. I guess so. I just... You it's know, like the Elephant Man. I'm sorry, Ted. Oh. Uh, I'm sorry, okay. Crispin. I don't know what your name is. Spoilers film. for the Elephant Man. No. He has the best night of his life, and then he chooses to kill himself. Can you... S- I'm cutting this out. We are not talking about the Elephant Man. It's a great movie! No, I know, but I, one, I don't need to cry, and two, irrelevant. Erroneous. How do we feel about Jason's sense of humor in this? It's very Michael Myers-ish, the way that he displays... Um, especially uh, Jimmy, you know, Crispin Glover's body, you know, having it on the hooks in front of the door. And then later him just tearing it down. Yeah, tearing it down. It's so gross. What what do you guys think of this change of character for Jason, this sense of humor? Again, I I like the sense of humor, but I don't, I know you like the physicality of Ted White. I don't like it as much. I like the way that Jason is shot, but... um, yeah, I, I do like the gags. I, I like that a lot. I like that in any slasher. Yeah. I, There's a lot of good gags in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we should probably close. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason's death. Yeah. So good. Machete to the head. And mm-hmm. then it, it moving, that apparatus moving this, the entire yeah. way down. And, yeah, the oh. eye is moving and everything. And it the looks jaw, real. The slide like, down. It's so good. It's it's one of the best effects ever. Now I don't love Corey like hacking at him at the end. I'm not. Yeah. I think it's silly, and they even had concerns casting him. Like, uh huh. They talk about it in the documentary where they they just him flinging a machete. Yeah, around. they don't think you're big enough, and him just like, oh, I can do it, and it's like, eh, I don't know. It's fine. I think mm-hmm. it looks silly, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Yeah, I mean. Again, I, I think the the machete to the head and the slide down is one of the coolest effects ever. I do think it's, mm-hmm. like, for them trying to kill the shit out of Jason, like, well done. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they killed him so much that they had to bring him back as a zombie. Yeah. Because he's not in part five. I mean, they, exactly. they definitely ended it for him. <coughs> I think it's, like, you know, a great conclusion to his very, very yeah. bad long weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So... 
this film takes place on Monday and then ends on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's no longer Friday the 13th. Right. It's over. Yeah. By the end of Jason's really bad, no good weekend, mm-hmm. he had killed, I believe, 34 or 35 people, which is a <laughs> bigger right. run of people than, I mean, what, probably all the Nightmare films? Mm-hmm. It's probably true. Uh, I mean, it's got to be up there with, like, Michael's body count through his entire filmography. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I might, have a, I might have a question about this for you guys. Oh, yeah. yes. Um, you have some questions. I do. I have a couple... A little uh, trivias? Well, part trivia, part just, like, things I want to know about you guys yeah. personally. Okay. Let's do so, it. So, if you guys are ready. Uh-huh. All right. So, which film has the highest body count? And I can give you... You guys can answer Ooh. freely, or I can give you multiple choice. What do you want? Wait. I want Which Are we choice? talking... Friday the 13th. Uh-huh. And we're talking all of them, including Remake, including Freddy vs. Jason. All of them are, are included. Are we talking on-screen body count or off-screen? We're talking um, people that Jason has killed physically. Because I feel like the I'm biggest on-screen... I'm not talking about, like, virtual kills or, like, dream kills. I'm talking about people that we know he has killed even if you don't see it. Because I think... Because in part 10, he kills, like, isn't there something with, like, a spaceship or something that goes wrong and, like, supposedly, like, dozens or hundreds of people or something into a planet? Um, I think that's probably the We're actual answer. at his hands. But I'm going to say on screen, <laughs> at his I feel like Freddy versus Jason, that cornfield scene. Okay. Do you, I can give you a multiple choice. I want multiple choice. Because it's not Freddy versus Jason. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I can give you... A, Jason takes Manhattan. B, Jason goes to hell. Oh, it's that one. C, Jason lives. Goes to hell. Tell him if he's right or not. No, what do you want? (laughs) It's Jason goes to hell. It's twenty-two kills. Damn it! On on that you. I've never seen it. That he confirms. Well, it's it it, that film, which I think, like even counting them, I was kind of confused because we just have to. yeah, but Jason's not Jason in that movie. He's like a weird demon worm. But but again, it's it, fuck it, that movie. I, fuck that movie. But that is the te- uh-huh. that is the technically answer. Okay. Now, um, as just like a fun tidbit, uh, do you guys want to know how many kills in total Jason's had that are not virtual or dream kills? Absolutely. One hundred and fifty-one. It's the biggest body count of the slashers. Very there. Yes. Nice. Yes, it okay. is. Okay. So for my next one. Which film does do none of the characters utter the name Jason? Ooh, okay. I can give you It's part three. What do you think? I'm just gonna say part four, why not? It's part three because it's part three. In part four they do know about Jason because Rob is hunting Jason and he tells but her yeah, about Jason. In, in part three, none of the kids know about of, Crystal Lake. Yeah, they okay. none of them say Jason. Very I nice. just thought it was interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's say... Okay. Um, so this is just a true or false. Does Jason kill kids and animals? False. 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 He never does. Nice. He never kills a kid. Muffin comes back. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Michael kills animals. <laughs> Michael kills the shit does. out of animals. So now... That, that was my trivia bit. Okay. Now, I just have ridiculous questions. Subjective things? Know. Okay. Well, it's not subjective. So, sure. Um, Mary, fuck, kill. Oh. Shelly, banana girl, hitchhiker. Or 
One-Eyed Abel. He's the in part three with the eyeball. He's the carpenter. So who would you marry? Who would you have relations with? And who would you kill? Can we we go through those one more time? Yeah. Shelly. Okay. You know who Shelly is. Banana girl, banana masher, hitchhiker. Or the one-eyed hobo that's warning you about all the... I'm going to kill the hobo. You kill him. Kill Abel. He's done. Um, I guess Mary Shelley and... Mary Shelley. I'm going (laughs) to fuck the hitchhiker. Yeah. With her banana? Yeah, she got good grip. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Mary, have relations so you can have sleep with them and fornicate, or you can kill them. So you have Shelley... Okay. Jokes, jokes a million. Banana masher or the one-eyed. I'm marrying Shelly. You marry him. I am killing Banana Girl. You kill her. You're gonna um, fuck the hobo? I'm having relations with hobo. Because you want you want to see how, that crazy. I stuff. want to see what happens okay. out there. Your right, dick's yeah. gonna fall off. Maybe. <laughs> so using um, kills that are in the franchise, how would you want Jason to kill you? Like if you were facing him. How do you want to go? Like, do you want something gory? Do you want something quick? How do you want to go? Mm. If you had to pick. I would like a machete through the head. Okay. Just skull down. Just like a quick whack. Yep. I want part eight. I want my head uppercutted off. Like Mortal (laughs) Kombat style. Okay. That's what I want. All right. All right. And then... um, which this is something that we talked about over when we were watching these films last weekend. Uh, which order do you die in a slasher film? Are you the first to go? Are you the second act, sleazy sex act kill? Or are you next to last, saving someone you love? Are you a final girl? What do you feel? I, I mean, I'll go ahead and answer first. I'm probably first to go. First to go. Yeah, because I'm not very... I don't, I don't think I have the right instincts. Yeah. Definitely, like, I'm a little ditzy at times. Like, I think I'm... I'm, I'm like, you would be out on the porch like, what? Yeah, like, what's going on, you yeah. know? Like, okay. I, I don't have that instinct in me that's mm-hmm. like, you know? I get it. I think I'd be one of the first to go. Okay. I'm going to say one of the last. Are you, are, so you're second to last or you're final girl? Either second to last or co-final girl. Oh, okay. All right, very interesting. Very high of yourself. It's huh? interesting. Um, okay, so this is uh, expanding out from the franchise, but would you rather face Jason, Freddy, Michael Myers, or Leatherface? Who would you rather go up against? Uh, I'm going to go against, um, uh, again, let me, let me make sure and tell everyone I would probably lose in all these situations. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go against Leatherface. I agree. Um, I think he's slow. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, I mean, he's he can, like, if he just comes up to me when I'm unexpected, I mean, he's going to just knock the hell out of me. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, he's the slowest of the bunch. I think I have the best chance of running away. Okay. Like, Jason, you have no hope against. Okay. Michael, you don't have any hope against. Okay. And Freddy, like, unless you're a dream warrior, yeah. which you're not going to know until you're thrust into the situation, okay. you don't have a chance against. Okay. Now, if if one was a dream warrior... I mean, and have had... any of you ever lucid dreamed? No. Oh, well. I, d- I definitely have. 
I'm not going to answer yes or no. I might have, but I'm not 100% sure. Is so, that something you know for sure? Yeah. I don't know. If you, you had power... power then I'm saying no. I if you had power <laughs> of your dreams... Okay. Then I would say fighting Freddy, at least you'd have somewhat of a chance. But the thing is, he could get you whenever. Okay. So, yeah, I think Leatherface so is Leatherface the way to go. This is what you guys feel. Yeah. Now, of course, if you're going to all the big franchises, like Chucky. Like, I, <laughs> I think I could beat Chucky, hands down. Do you think you could beat the Leprechaun? Yeah. I mean, I'm still going to go with I'll lose no matter what. Okay. Fair. Honest. Fair. Okay. Um, yeah. I, uh, Pinhead, that would be pretty rough. Yeah. So, I have one more question, final question. Yes. It's other uh, Mary Bonk or Kill. Okay. Mrs. Voorhees. Grandpa from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Or Uncle Frank from... The Hellraiser. Oh, man. <laughs> Evil, dirty Uncle Frank. Marry, fuck, or kill. Yeah. So, you went first last time. Nolan, would you like to go first this time? Okay. I can repeat them. So, marry, fuck, or kill. Mrs. Forties. So, Pamela Forties. Grandpa from Texas Chainsaw. Or nasty Uncle Frank. I'm going to marry Mrs. Voorhees. I want to get, like, a marry. little, you know, like, killer couple going. Okay? We're going to be crazy. <laughs> okay. All right? Um, F... Grandpa, fuck him. We're just gonna have some crazy old time nasty <laughs> sex, leathery sex, okay. and then I'm gonna kill Frank just because he's an awful f. Okay, okay. I'm actually in the same boat as Nolan. Oh wow, oh, man! Um, How about that? I I would marry Mrs. Voorhees. Okay. Um, because you know that would be the least awful. Okay. Out of these. Okay. Um, I would fuck Grandpa because. I mean, he can't move. But it's consensual. It's consensual. It's, he wants it. So, I guess I can make that work. Okay. Um, he's got a face hole. So... Oh! Um, and then, yeah, Frank needs to die because, mm-hmm. like, Frank is one of the most awful beings in a horror film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah, so that, okay. was my, uh, that was my little question. I enjoyed those questions very much. <laughs> Thank you for putting it A little too personal. I'm sorry. I mean, hey. I was a lot about, like, your personal sexual thing. I mean, each of us get to know each other a little more. The audience gets to know us a little more. Yeah, opening up. Opening up a lot. A lot of openings. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. What what is your guys' favorite kill from the whole series? It's the handstand. The handstand? I mean, that's a really good one. Uh, I'm going to go with the wheelchair. I love the wheelchair. Wheelchair is my favorite. Yeah. It's a great one. Nolan, what's your favorite nudity from the series? Oh man, it's part two, girl, right? Ooh, no. Part two, skinny dipping. No. I mean, I'm just gonna be perverted, be just because I can, and just say the skinny dipping scene and the open asses. Oh, a four. Yep. The twins. Yep. Okay. I even though I don't think they have like. Never mind. It's just yeah, I like it. I think mine is the skinny dipping scene and. Yeah. In nice. number two or four? In part two. Yeah, that girl. She's really hot. Very good. Yeah, I would say that's my favorite. Okay. Sure. Crispin Glover is the best kid. Oh, absolutely. Ginny's the best final girl. Absolutely. Jason Goes to Hell is the worst film. I haven't seen it. Um, Jason X is pretty fucking awful, too. I love Jason X. Do we have oh to my do gosh. this again? Hey, so, um, I would like to say that my next, uh, you know co-hosting for mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. Uh, podcast should probably be 
when you guys man up and get the cojones to do the space sequels. Mm, I, you whenever whenever you, you guys feel like you're ready to take off. You're going to have to steer the ship on yeah. that. because oh, I uh, will. I'll steer the whole... I'm not motivated. I'll still... I'll steal the show, and I'll steer the ship. You tell me when, and I'm in. Cool. That's what she said. That's right. <laughs> On that note, uh, this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> Melanie, thank you for joining us. Uh, you're welcome on the show anytime, obviously, because you kind of run this thing. So, with that being said, um, you can find us at Cinema Parlor on Twitter. Um, you should like and subscribe and comment give us some feedback on itunes on soundcloud are we on spotify not yet but we will we be. will be at some point yep, um soon. yeah so give us some some feedback please you can find us on the twitter at cinema parlor and on instagram on instagram as well thank you melanie where can we find you on the internet you can find me on all social media social media platforms you can find me on all social media platforms at plastic werewolf very nice. You can find me at Chuck Madden Jr. on uh, Twitter or Letterboxd. Stacy? Um, I gotta get my Twitter thing going again because, like, I set an account up when Twitter first became a thing. They think But I don't tweet. Mm-hmm. And I, I probably need to sign in so they don't erase my account. I hear oh, they're gonna it. do that. They're gonna start doing that. They're yeah. So, um, yeah. but you can find me at um, S. Glover on Letterboxd. Right? Is that what my thing is? Clover 84. 84. Yeah. yeah. S Clover 84. Right. At Letterboxd. So, is this the episode that's finally going to get us an E explicit rating on iTunes? I mean, we've. I don't think so. You guys drop a lot of F bombs and they're fine with it. Hey, we keep going. No one said anything. That's great. Well, you know what? The watchdogs stay away. We keep going strong. Uh, it's not YouTube, kids. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, we'll see you guys here in a few weeks. Um, We'll leave that episode up in the air because I don't know what we're doing next, but we will do something for all of your enjoyment. Something festive. uh, Yeah. I hope you guys all have a very fun Friday the 13th. Yeah, if you listen to these movies. Yeah, watch some of these movies. Uh, Joe Bob's doing a thing on Shudder, right? Yes. Um, So if you catch this episode earlier in the day, I don't know when it's going to post, but... um, you know, watch the Joe Bob thing. That'll be a good way to watch those films. Yeah, and have a couple of uh, the Mrs. Voorhees uh, warm winter sweaters. Excellent yeah. drinks. Thank you, Melanie. You're very welcome. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Until uh, next time, well, goodbye. She likes it. She wants a man that's got his game long tight. I think she reminds me of my mother when she knows I like it. I want a woman with the same brown eyes. And girl, you got it. When the only boy you know is your dad And boy, you got it so wrong When you look into her eyes And all you really see is your mom Oh, cause you're a mama's boy, mama's boy